2014 and 2015, Stephen Port was a very busy man. The professional chef spent his days in the kitchen and his nights trolling the gay dating apps looking for young men to drug and rape. In those two years, four of those men wound up dead. On this episode, noted crime expert Lorian K. Roggenkamp sits down with me to examine the curious case of the grinder killer, Stephen Port. So, light your pipe, sit by a roaring fire, as we bring you another edition of Murder Tonight. Here we are for episode five, by the way, of Murder Tonight. We are, like I promised at the top of the show, joined by noted crime crim- criminologist, Lorian K. Rock, LKR, she knows the business. I'm crime-tastic. Yeah, That's what I crime- like to yeah. uh, they Actually, they call her Lori, they have a couple of names for her, Lori Robin Camp. You know, yeah. Robin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Lori Rockin' Crime. Depends yeah. on who you're talking to. Or, like, this is more common, Yeah, just Fatty McFat. That's oh, yeah. also one. Yeah, yeah. That same thing with me. Like, I'm, like, noted podcast. Sometimes I go, pig. They yeah. go, hey, pig. And then I go, yes. I just, anytime someone says pig, I just go, yes. I just Which really on. sucks when I'm at school and a, and a 12-year-old's like, hey, fatty. And I'm like, speaking, that's, yes. That's Miss Fatty to you? Yeah, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Are they like, Put, put hey, some respect on my name. Miss F. Hey, Miss F, are you, uh, what are you doing? They probably man? would. They probably would say Miss F. They're yeah. probably like, ugh, we don't have to. Uh, uh, well, there's a teacher who has a one syllable last name, literally a one syllable last name, and mm-hmm. they just call her Miss D because mm-hmm. they don't want to finish the rest of the syllable. <laughs> They're like, We're, it's too exhausting. What for do us. you think that the odds are that the kids have drawn horrible pictures of you or say horrible jokes about you? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I mean, I don't care, but I'm mm-hmm. sure that they have. I mean, I, I would honestly be hurt if they didn't. Oh, really? Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, you don't care about me enough. Okay. Yeah. I see how it is. So today we are talking about Stephen Port, the grinder killer. I want to give credit to listener Deckhead, you know who who uh, brought this case to my attention. It's funny, I actually heard about this case years ago. I think we talked about it on, on Catching Up. But um, but this is, uh, he brought it back to my attention, and now we're talking about it. By the way, you know, um, Stephen Port, the grinder killer, would go after Twinks. So he would probably go after Deckhead. Ooh. Don't you think? Yeah. Now, Lori, what did you know about this case before? Do you know? Did you know anything about this case beforehand? No, I just knew that there was somebody who was killing people off Grinder. So I don't know if you knew years back that there was like a, a guy who was killing women off Tinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of like I I remember seeing a news article that's saying like straight people have to worry about Tinder and gay people have to worry about Grinder, sort mm-hmm. of thing. So. Yeah. So, uh, so I was originally going to do this in one episode, but as I was doing the research and reading articles and pulling information and whatnot, there were a lot of things in common. I was like, you know, it's, it's weird. It's one of those, like, it's, 
we're at a really weird juncture from a producer standpoint in that like if we packed it all into one episode it would have been either too long or not covered well enough and also i know us so if we packed it on one episode it'd been a four-hour episode i would rather keep it to 45 minutes i'm sure we're gonna have a bunch of stories and and it'll probably it'll, it'll probably still go an hour even though i've but i've stopped it early on in the case so uh we'll see but let's well let's, that's good yeah let's, yeah let's go here laura let's let's start so even if it's this, and then if this episode ends up being shorter trust me it will we will make it up in the second part i think the second part even now will still go over an hour because there's a lot in the second part too but uh, oh wow well i will say this that i think i because you this is your first time doing a true crime podcast so i would like to say that you have hit one of the mile markers which is you expect something to be very cut and dry and it ends up taking longer than you thought and that's sort of like Always, almost always the case. Like anytime yeah. you think that a case can be like super simple, it's almost always going to be longer than you expect. Well, yeah, he only kills four people. They're all pretty much the same methodology. Everything's, in fact, comically so, almost exactly the same. And the police can't <laughs> nail it down. So yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I was at an interesting point where I was like, where, well, where do we split this narratively? And this is, we split it where we split it. So, Lauren, let's listen to the first part. We're going to learn a little bit about Stephen Port and his background and who he is. Uh, and there are some things we can talk about there. But first, let's start with Act One. Let's meet Stephen Port. Stephen Port was born in South End, Essex in 1975. Wait, before we go, I'm already stopping here. I recorded, I, you know, I write the script, I record it, and then I fix any mistakes, I process it, then I put music to it, blah, 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 blah. Once it was already recorded, I, I'm going to say he moves, his family moves, and I'm like, motherfucker, all these people from the UK are going to get mad at the way I pronounced it, right? Because I pronounced it the way it's spelled. All right, here we go. <laughs> his family uh, then moved to Dagenham, okay. East London. Yeah, so they moved to Dag- but you know, they're like, oh, uh, it's Dagenham, you know? I said Dagenham. What's, what's Star doing here? Oh, wait, Star has, like, like, uh, Lori has, like, like, you know, table service here. She brought me my coffee. Oh, all right. I'm doing half decaf, half caffeinated, like Jason. Oh, that's right, yeah. All right, here we go. So, they, so he's born in this one place, moves to another place as a baby. All right, here we go. London. He came from humble beginnings. His father was a custodian while his mother worked at a supermarket. As a child... The quiet port had been bullied at school. He went to art school, but the cost of an art school education was more than his parents could afford, so he trained to be a chef instead. In his mid-twenties, Port came out of the closet. According to Port's sister, his mother did not take the news well. For mo- Now, you know, a, a lot of this information is mentioned in every article I read about... Stephen Port. And I'm almost wondering, do you think it has an effect on him becoming a killer? The fact that he, you know, didn't go to art school. It's always like a Hitler thing. And, you know, he was quiet. He was bullied. His mom didn't take his coming out well. What do you think, Lori? I mean, other than reading about it or, uh, you know, it, it, watching interviews with him firsthand, I mean, that is definitely um, 
you know, the mark of somebody who could sort of lean towards that. You know, I feel like they could start developing a victim, victimize, victimization hood, you know, where they're like, Oh, woe is me. Nothing ever happens to me. It's only these like attractive people who get all the, everything that they want. Mm-hmm. And that could sort of like start breeding hatred towards people who are young and attractive. And, you know, because I, I mean, you know, for the most part, it does seem like he's probably killing these people out of, either anger or sexual gratification, which could be tied together. So yeah, I, I could see him that leaning, you know, it's tough to say cause everything's a soup. So everything kind of, you know, you can't really pinpoint one thing that for sure is going to be the thing that, you know, bumps him over. Yeah. So. All right, here we go. Most of his adult life, Stephen Port worked various odd catering jobs in the area and worked as a chef for a transportation company called stagecoach in their West End bus depot. In 2006, Port moved to his own place in the Barking area of London. He was actively dating men, and later, those same men told police that Port regularly used a drug, GHB, which is more commonly known as the date rape drug. I'm sort of... What do you know about GHB, Laura? I know you're a regular user of it, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I use it all the time. Yeah, I when I used to when I used to date men, I would go to clubs and I'd be like, I just took GHB, so you got a surprise coming. Yeah, Lori would date rape drug herself and then uh, hope that the guys like you know <laughs> took advantage of her, but it didn't work. No, they, all they did was just very gentlemanly get me home safely, yeah. which was so annoying. Yeah. Uh, that's awkward. Um, no, I, uh, I, yeah, I, the only thing I know about it is it's a date rape drug drug. I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know why anyone would take it themselves. Cause it seems to me like it would knock you out. So it doesn't seem like it would be that well, much of a party. When I was in my twenties, I lived with a bunch of girls. Okay. And one of them, she would go out and she would take GHB, uh, casually. Okay. Uh, she took it recreationally, and uh, and I think when you pass out, when you take it yourself and you pass out, you you g'd out, you g out. And I remember one time they brought her in and she was g'd out, and it was like a corpse, like she was literally unwakeable. They had to carry and, and you know she's literally dead weight, and she like banged her head. Like at one point they were trying to carry her and she like they 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 dropped her, not dropped her, but like. They lost control of her, and she like just went head first into the wall and like bust her head open. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was crazy. So it's so if you g out, then that's basically that's an overdose. Then that's not the intended use of the drug. Then I, would, I don't know. I, I don't know that much about. No, no, she wasn't trying. I don't know what the party side of it. Like if you don't, if you don't, if you take the right amount, I don't know what the effect is. Yeah. Uh, well, know, there's a whole there's a whole like other side of sex that is like all chemical. Like there's just like, you use chemicals to like enhance your like poppers and all, which I don't understand. Mm -hmm. So the closest I've come to chemsect is like taking uh, an edible before I have sex or something. But yeah. Now deadcat says in the chat room, my mate partook in it once at the home of an older man. And I was booting him up and down the street afterward. What does booting mean? Yeah, dude, come on. Probably dragging him. Oh, kick you kicking him. him. What, what would that do? It's like I'm gonna kick you. Hmm. All right. Probably. Carry on. Probably like 
what, were you admonishing him? Like, were you yeah. saying like you shouldn't have done that, or were you literally kicking him? Oh yeah, no, he's right. Oh. So he wouldn't do it again. Oh, there you go. All right. Hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I I wonder. I always got nervous when I found out people were doing that kind of stuff. Like I knew some people that I used to work at 24 hour fitness that they would do acid and have sex. Mm -hmm. And that always made me nervous because they would go to like parties and drop acid and then have sex. And it was like, that could, that just spells danger, you know? No, it spells ACID doesn't spell danger. Later, when the police searched his computer, they learned that Port often watched what was labeled as date rape pornography he met most of the men he dated on online dating sites the men with whom he had a relationship would later report that port regularly cheated on them and coerced them into escorting with port acting as the pimp at age 30 how do you coerce someone into escorting probably you just keep asking them come on you probably want to escort come on come Come on. on please well, it's just how you get anyone to do. It. You just go, you know, if you really loved me, you would mm-hmm. do this for me. If you really cared about me, yeah. wouldn't it be fun? Just try it one time. Please, just do it one time. Just escort one time. Please. And I won't say anything about it. And oh, then yeah. you do it one time and then they go, oh, see, you did it and you liked it. I only I only keep half the money. Yeah. I, I do feel like what I'm getting is that this is a very, this is somebody who's very into control and power. Like, He's very, he, you know, whatever happened in his childhood, he definitely wants to like, not, not just have control and power, but lord it over somebody. So he wants, he wants the other person to know that he has control and power. And that can become very enticing. And you see that with a lot of like serial killers is that that's sort of like, that's, that's a downward spiral to killing because then you start rationalizing oh well i'm not going to kill this person but i'm going to kill this person and that can become addicting so all right very good 32 port had a two-year relationship with a 16 year old boy port's neighbor found the relationship alarming given the fact that port exhibited childlike behavior had an obsession with the transformers line of action figures and made frequent visits to toys r us you know, Lori, what was interesting here is, by a weird coincidence, Stephen Port was born the very same day, same day, same month, same year, as my friend John Paul. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, oh, and he's childlike, and he likes to collect toys and go to Toys R Us, which is not John Paul, but very, very evil John. So I was like, huh. Have now, have you ever seen Evil John and Stephen Port in the same room? No, but I've seen Stephen Port. He doesn't look anything like Evil John. And also Stephen Port's in prison. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You never know. I haven't seen Evil John in a while. Maybe he's in prison. All right. Any thoughts on anything we heard in the background of Stephen Port, Laura? Any big thoughts? Any big notes? Any big, you know, observations? No, I think that this is all... I mean, like you said, you take something... You take a piece of it and you look at it by itself, collecting dolls or, you know, being into domineering uh, porn, date rape porn. Those in and of itself don't necessarily mean that this person is going to start killing people, you know, start raping and murdering young men. But it's a collect. It's a soup. It's everything all, you know, you can see that he's he's gradually getting more and more severe with what he's doing. And so it's just, like I said, this is just all very, very similar to a lot of like 
um, serial killer, serial rapists. All right, very good. Let it go. Let's go on. Stephen Port was obsessed with date rape pornography. Port's computer was packed with hundreds of thousands of content related to sex, drugs, and porn. I was like, did they go through Luke's computer yet? Holy shit, Luke Stamen, man. Jeez. Also, I do feel like... Even Alexa Alexa was confused, yeah. I feel like there's a real... uh, I feel like he missed a real opportunity to be a porn star called Stephen Port, and it's another port in the storm, you know? And it's just Mm -hmm. like... You find a man like, like John Storm. Yeah. Or you and call then him he just a port star. Sex. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Port portography. There we go. Yeah. He if he had just stopped if he had just gone into that and not killing, he would have been hand over fist making money. Uh, yeah, here we go. He would watch drug rape videos for hours at a time. Once again, I'm gonna I it's weird. Luke Stamen. When gay dating apps like Grindr became popular, Port used them as a way to make his drug-rape fantasies into a reality. He used the apps to lure young men to his apartment for often violent sex. He would lie about his background, stating that he had graduated from Oxford and served in the Royal Navy. He also said he was a special needs teacher. All right. All right. Moving on. I don't know why you paused there. Oh, I was just pausing. Like, you know, I don't like. To, I don't like to. You know, I only have to play like thirty seconds or so of content that we yeah. talk about it. So he used to lie, and he yeah. said he went to Oxford. He said he was in the Royal Navy. He also lied about his profession, where he said he was a special needs teacher. Any thoughts on yeah. that, Lori? You know, I also went to Oxford. Mm-hmm academy high school and <laughs> uh-huh. i'm a uh special needs teacher uh well i'm a it's called a learning center teacher now oh is it um but uh but yeah i um i think the the listening to the, or watching porn that for hours that just shows a, addictive behavior and that's just him spiraling yeah so all right here we go yeah I do also would like to point out that, look, these people are victims, and I feel awful for what happened to them, but the way that, that you said that he lured them, I mean, mm-hmm. he literally just said, like, want to come over and suck my dick or something? Like he, yeah. He, yeah, that's Luring is, seems like it's a little, you know. So, uh, it's funny. He has the same birthday, exactly, as John Paul. He likes toys, and, and he's childlike, like evil John. He's a special needs teacher like you. He's also, it doesn't come up in this, he's also bald, but he's really embarrassed about it. So he has a hair system, like a permanent toupee that he has to get maintained. And I'm like, well, then that's Adam Burns. We have every single person so far. I don't believe you. I now, Ever since the porn thing, I don't believe you about other other people through. Oh, you don't believe that. Adam Burns about the toupee? No, I've never heard of that. Oh, all right, well. One of Port's victims testified at his trial that he met Port on a dating app when he was a teenager. He went back with Port to his apartment where Port handed him a glass of wine. The victim remembered later that the wine tasted bitter and that there was some sort of sludge at the bottom of the glass. I feel that's any drink you get from Lori's house. (laughs) Stop. My house is clean. (laughs) Oh no, you're going to get star mad at me. I'm going to get started. You're the one who said it. 
I meant Kathy's uh, house. There, there she goes. She's looking at you. She's looking at you. That sludge turned out to be G- forks. GHB. <laughs> the victim passed out and woke up later to find Port raping him. He lost consciousness again, and in the morning, Port acted as if nothing had happened. Hey, my ass hurts. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, there. Hey, you want some breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened. Bangers and mash? Anyway. In 2014, Port drugged the Muslim man in his early 20s. Oh. After Port had given him a glass of water, the man lost consciousness almost immediately. When he woke up, Port was removing his underwear. The man panicked. He was screaming and shouting. Port carried him to the nearby transport station. The police noticed what was happening and stopped the pair. They noticed that Port seemed jittery and nervous. Port claimed the man had been drunk when they met. Two weeks later, Port would meet his first murder victim, Anthony Walgate. Yeah, Lori. So there we go. A little bit more about the history. One thing you should know, the reason it's mentioned that he was Muslim, the victim, was the police were were ready to arrest Port to investigate further. But the Muslim man sort of weighed the mask because he realized doing so would expose him as a homosexual. And being a strict Muslim, he was very afraid of being outed to his family. So he just sort of brushed it all off. And no, 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 no. We're fine. So, Lori. Yeah, go ahead. That's awful. Yeah. That's awful. So, Laurie, um, what we talk about here is Port started going on Grinder, meeting men, having weird kind of uh, interactions. Seems like with almost them. immediately he 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 went on Grinder Grinder for the sole purpose of raping men. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, have you ever done the apps? I have. Yes, I did Tinder, OkCupid, Her, and Match. dot com. Oh. And what did you have any kind of experiences from there or anything? Yes. So uh, one woman I met, she, I think I've told you the story before, but she was completely hairless. She had alopecia. Okay. Um, she's completely you hair, didn't make hairless. Fun of her, and, did you? No. And she was white, white as a sheet, like just super white. Um, Wait, were you on a date with looked, powder? That's what I was saying. She looked like powder. Okay. Um, and she had really long pinky nails. Mm-hmm. Like really long pinky nails, and I picked her up, and we went to the Book of Orange, and we ate Subway, mm-hmm. and I remember I ordered the tuna fish, and I couldn't eat it because wait, her skin wait, wait. was so close to the tuna fish. Wait, 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 wait. You want to? You went on a lesbian date, and you ordered tuna fish. Yes, and we went to Subway. I got a tuna fish sandwich, and I couldn't finish it. And she goes, um, she tells me at Subway. She goes, hey. I want to tell you something, and I haven't told a lot of people, but you're really cool. So, and I think this is going to be a really oh fulfilling relationship. So, oh I want God. you to know. Oh no. And I said, "Oh yeah, sure." I was actually like super flattered that she thought mm-hmm. I was cool, even mm-hmm. though she was like <laughs> so weird. Um, she went to jail for check fraud. She had been in jail uh-huh. for and check what, fraud. And what'd she say about it? She said that she just passed some bad checks. She was in jail for six months, and she's she's done, and she was done with it, and that's it. And uh, and then we proceeded to uh, go. I, I think we were going to go watch a movie, but then she there wasn't a, a movie that she wanted to watch. 
And then we drove, I drove her home and she, uh, she kept telling me all the men that Man. lived in the area that she slept with. So she'd oh. be like pointing out like, Oh, that guy I slept with and that guy I slept with. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, okay. And then she invited me in and I was like, no, I'm okay. I got to get up early for school tomorrow. Oh, so you and went then, into her? Not at all, no. What was your honest opinion of her? Like, let's say uh, let's say all other things she was cool. Do you have a, a problem with someone like, hey, I was in prison for passing bad checks? Do you have any actual honest? What was your reaction? What were you thinking? Um, I mean, I definitely was like, it definitely was like, oh, well, this isn't going to go anywhere. Oh, really? Because I don't. I don't think I could trust somebody for committing a, a fraud crime. Cause then you can never really trust if they're going to do it, not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but there were so many things that had happened, you know, like sh- their long pinky nail. And what do you think the story was behind the long pinky nail? Well, uh, people I've told us to think that maybe she was like a into co- cocaine. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just was like, there were so many other things that I was just like, this is the icing on the cake for how I don't want to date you. Um, but yeah, you, but you met your future wife star on a dating app, didn't you? Yes. Uh, we met on Tinder mm-hmm. and I totally thought it wasn't going to go anywhere. Who messaged whom first? Star, did you message me first? Probably, yeah, I think she messaged me first. And what like what's her opening line? What did she say to you? Uh, I think she complimented my picture, mm-hmm. and then I complimented her picture. Okay. And then we just started chatting, and then we made oh and, well. So the thing was the reason why I had I had gone back on Tinder was I was telling a friend of mine, Colin, that mm-hmm. there's really no like with lesbian TikTok or lesbian TikTok with lesbian Tinder. Like you either like people either want to meet up and just have sex or they want to, uh, you know, talk forever and never make any plans. So I would go, I would talk to these women for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'd be like, okay, are are we going to meet up? And they'd be like, and then they would just ghost you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and then you would have like one, one woman was like, uh, I only want to date within a seven, uh, two mile radius of my, of my house. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to tell you. So I just totally expected her not to like do anything. And she immediately was like, when are we meeting up? And I think at the time I just like started school and I was super busy. So I was like, oh, we can meet up in two weeks. And, uh, she was like, okay, yeah, if that's the earliest you can meet up. And then uh, I think it ended up like one day I was like, oh, I, I end up not having, I have this Friday free. And so we went out to dinner and I thought the day was going terribly because I was talking like I'm like I am now just talking way too much. And then I thought, oh, she's, she's not interested in me at all. And we went to this bar and I just was like, this is good going nowhere. And then she kissed me. I was like, oh, this date's going well. So that's it. Breaking news. Stephen Port wants to know how he can get a hold of this audio so he can use it to make men pass out uh, in the future. To knock them well, out he should, with no he trace of drugs. Be, he should be in jail. He shouldn't be He shouldn't be still trying to make men pass out. He might make him pass out in jail. <laughs> That's how he escapes prison. 
Yeah. This just in, Stephen Port has escaped prison by using the audio of a young woman mm-hmm. telling her Tinder date stories. I had so many weird that's, grinder stories. That's I told my mo- accent. I know. Well, yeah, he's British. And that sounded more like your Australian accent. It went into Australian, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have so many weird stories, but I've told a lot of them already on, uh, like catching up or other shows, you know, about the guy that wanted me to rape him. And, uh, what's another one? Um, did, was there ever one that you, uh, felt like your life was in danger? Well, that one briefly, that one like, oh yes, there was, that was, I already told that story when I was in Hawaii, when the guy like, flipped me over and had my arm pinned my face into the floor and my arm pinned behind me um that was a oh, scary one was that the one where you were trying to hook up with a, a man that someone you like someone else you were with was trying to hook up with or something and you were like both hmm. or am i just thinking am i, I mean, just taking I an episode of will and grace story, right? and making it you yeah i don't know i don't know uh I think if I ever if I ever competed with anybody to hook up, I would lose. Well, what happens if it's me? Well, that's a given. You know, I I feel like I have like um, what's the name of the, it's like a, there's like a, a a Latin-y name for it, but like the kings where the king had the first right to like sleep with the woman before she got married. Yeah, like imprimatur or something like that, or like. Um, what happens if there's like a really hot? trans guy right like a really hot trans guy yeah i've seen it and we're we're both like vying for or just a really hot guy i mean Mm -hmm. it could be trans could be cis could be anything and we're both vying for this guy what about this elliot page are you into him no but i will say that it's for a very specific reason too small (laughs) no actually I, i i love a short guy oh okay uh he looks like he has not washed his hair since he he transitioned into a man. It, oh, he just I his see. hair looks very very greasy. Mm-hmm. Jordan reminded me of one. Yeah, when I was when I stayed in Malibu, I don't agree with that. By the way, when I was staying in Malibu, this guy who was so fucking cute, he was on, it was like on one of the apps, either like Scruff or Grinder, and he had he took he kept talking about how big his dick was, but he never sent a picture. So I was like, okay. And he, he sent a picture and it was, Laurie, it was gigantic. Okay. It was gigantic. And I was like, oh my God. But then I was like, wait a minute. Who knows this is a real picture? So I said, um, okay, well, send me a picture. And I gave some sort of weird request, like, you know, like holding a, a $5 bill next to it or so. I don't remember what it was. Right. And he did it. That was his real penis. And I was like, oh. And he had a face pick, and I was like, oh, my God. And then I go, yes, let's do this. And he goes, okay, well, I live, and he gave me where he lived, and it was, like, in this remote, because, you know, there's mountains above Malibu. Like, you had to take this remote road to this, like, yeah. re- this deserted area. And it was a house. He goes, oh, but I don't live in the house. Meet me in this, like, 200 yards away. There is, uh, that's where my parents live, and I live in this, like, um, trailer that's 200 yards away. No one can, and no one, he was like, we can have, we can have super loud sex. No one will ever hear us. And I was like, nope. Murder. You know? I think, I think if I was in that, if I, I don't know. 
here's how I would handle it if I was that guy. Mm-hmm. And I think it would actually make it worse. But mm-hmm. what I would, how I would handle it is like, I, I know it seems creepy. I know it seems like a weird location, but trust me, it's just my parents' house. You know, like it's out in the middle of nowhere, but it's just my parents' house. I'll order us food. You know, like you can just like try, basically try to make them feel as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. But I think it would end up making people be like, no, I'm going to get murdered. Yeah, that's what I felt. I didn't do it. All right, let's move on. Anthony Walgate was a 23-year-old fashion student when he was found dead outside an apartment building on June 19th, 2014. Oh, by the way, I want the record to show, and I think people were wanting my opinion on this. I would have sex with every single one of the victims. Thank you. Oh, Okay. Oh, foof. All right. I was worried that you weren't going to share here. To make some extra money, Walgate worked as a male escort through a company called Sleepy Boys. You know, if you're... What? Yeah. If if you have an escort company, would you really call it Sleepy Boys? Yeah. It's because they only come at 3.30 in the morning. And they're all very sleepy. (laughs) Do they still have the... I'm trying to see if they still have the... If it's still an escort company. Uh... Does anybody know if it's still an escort company? I would oh, love no, to they start still, my. It's still around sleepyboy.com. Gang. I would like. I would love to start my own escort company, and mm-hmm. it's for it's it's older hairy men, and it's called Barely Awake Bears. <laughs> Ooh, this Canadian boy right here, he could fucking get it. How old is he? I mean, not how old is he, how much? Well, does he cost? also keep in mind he's sleepy, so yeah, he you looks know. really sleepy. Oh my goodness! Except here's the deal, I, and I'm being honest here. I'm being honest. Uh-huh. I wish, I wish I had it in me to hire an escort. I really do. I really do. Unfortunately, the way I'm wired, I just, I would be, I would feel sorry for them and not make them have sex with me. I would feel like, I, it's really, really, really important. This was actually a problem in the, in Aiden and our like physical relationship part where I have, I have to really believe the person really wants me, you know? And I would know an escort is only there for the money, not because he thinks I'm hot, you know? See, I think in my my personal opinion, I'm fine as long as I know they want something, you know? Oh, no, they no, want no. my money or they want my body or they want whatever. I'm fine as long as I know they want something. Like, so I would be fine with that. My thing is, is I would have to be like, I would have to know for sure, which there's no way of knowing this, mm-hmm. but I would have to know for sure that this is not like a sex slave thing. This is not like a being prostituted out kind of thing. This is a, I am doing this because I want to do sex work kind of yeah. thing. And there's no way to know that. So that's no. why I don't think I, I would, I would do. just think this person hates me and is grossed out by me and I would just not want to do it. All right, here we go. Well, to it be was- fair, Joe, uh, a lot of, I mean, I've watched a lot of documentaries on sex work and they say that they have, a lot of them say they have, uh, you know, the ability to say no. People have said like, oh, I said no to men who smell. I said no to men who are, have tiny penises. I said no. So, I mean, you know. Oh, I thought you were going for a really good joke there. No, no. Yeah. I you know, know the fat Mexican guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who have a podcast about RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Through I, I would be worried for you because I would think if you if you did, then somebody would come out and be like, he drugged me. And you would yeah. be like, no, I, le- I drugged myself. 
So yeah. I could be comfortable with well, having also, sex. I me. drugged you so you wouldn't hate it as much. I was just pity. It was a pity <laughs> drugging. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. Reset Walgate met Stephen Port, who offered him 800 pounds to spend the night with him. Walgate told a friend he had received a booking through the site, but he was suspicious. If I called an escort, that big, he offered me 800 pounds on his body. Yeah, he he offered me 800. He offered me 80 pounds, but it's so I could fuck his 800 pounds. Yeah. Suspicious of it. It didn't seem real. So he told the friend the details of the gig in case he got killed. He also told his friend he was going to take a pair of scissors with him in case he needed to defend himself. At 4.18 the next morning, an ambulance was called to an apartment building. The caller claimed, there's a young boy, looks like he collapsed outside, he could have had a seizure or something, or maybe he's just drunk. When the paramedics and the police arrived, they found Anthony Walgate slumped against a wall. He had a black bag sitting next to him. There was a bottle of liquid inside the bag, but there was notably no cell phone. They took his pulse, but there was nothing. Anthony Walgate was dead. The police spoke to the man who had called for the ambulance. His name? Stephen Port. All right, Lori. Uh, so Stephen Port was the one who actually called it in. We're going to find out all about that. But what what is your hot take here so far from what you heard? I mean, I'm really just so upset that he's not, you know, using his last name Port to his advantage. Uh, you know, like yeah, that is frustrating. There's so many different ways that you could use Port in a mm-hmm. gay sex scenario. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the real crime. Um, the yeah. yeah. I now I don't follow a lot of true crime, so I was one of the things that struck me was Walgate telling his friend, "Listen, this is um." Right, I'm gonna take scissors with me, which I don't know what he's gonna do. But uh, if I turn up dead, you have the details of the case, and usually nothing ever happens, right? But this the guy was dead. Yeah, no, that happens so many times, and oh, it it's does? actually it gets infuriating because I mean I don't know if you watch a lot of Dateline or Snapped or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's so many times where like a woman or a husband will turn to like a friend and be like, uh, "If if I die tomorrow, Cindy did it." And mm-hmm. then it's just like they go home and it's like the friend didn't think to go like, hey, like this is you shouldn't be living with somebody you think may kill you. Like, that's not a good thing. Well, what I don't understand and now we're going to we're extending this here where it's like this one is he's an escort. He's going out for, a, a you know, a trick. And so, like, he doesn't know. Right. He's, he hasn't been with this guy before. The ones I don't get are the ones where it's like, um. I'm 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 played a gay guy here, by the way, not a woman. But I'm a gay guy, and like my husband beats me up all the time, and he's threatened to kill me, and he said I would. Yeah, he's like tomorrow I will kill you, and I, then I'm talking to you, Lauren. I'm like I'm really worried. Uh, my boyfriend, not Aiden, my boyfriend has threatened to like murder me when I get home tonight. So if I turn up dead, and you're like, they, he literally told you. All right, sounds rough. I'm gonna go. I got a hair appointment. <laughs> Uh, let me know I how that go turns barbecue out. Barbecue with somebody, my neighbor. Yeah, no, that, I'm not joking. That's the, that's the stuff that that creeps me out. Is like there was one snapped I was watching where this woman gets killed by her husband's ex wife, and she literally tells a friend of hers, "This ex wife has been threatening me and been saying that she's going to kill me, and my husband isn't going to be here tomorrow, and I'm really worried." And the friend was just like. 
I who would have predicted that? The, and it was like she did. She literally yeah. gave you all her information, yeah. and you did nothing with it. Like to be honest with you, Joe, if yeah. if so, you literally if you said today, like, oh, I have a neighbor who's been threatened to kill me, I'd be like, I'm fucking coming down there. Yeah, and you know, we're gonna call the police and we're gonna get you. We're gonna make sure that you're like. I would be like, so uh, I wouldn't just be like, all right, bye, see you later. Well, no, it's the same thing here where it's like, even though, but Lord, you're saying this, we're gonna call the police. I feel there's just as many cases where the like, the woman calls the police and said he is literally going to kill me. And they're like, oh, <laughs> all right, well, we'll see you guys. I mean, oh, well, Jeffrey Dahmer. No, the, the police are, well, the police are a whole, a whole other matter. But what I'm saying is like, at least get some, at least get some, get involved, mm-hmm. you know, get some, get some help in some way. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, the police are some of, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, that, that the police are awful mm-hmm. <laughs> 99.9% of the time. By the way, how come I'm not doing Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy? Those are two gay murderers. Yeah, we could do those. Yeah, we'll do those. But I feel those are a lot of research. I mean, there's so much about those two. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, yeah, I mean that that's the it, that's the main thing. I mean, Jeffrey, I have a book I think on uh, on John Wayne Gacy. I don't know if I still have it, but it's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, that John Wayne Gacy is heartbreaking because I don't know if you remember, but the 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 one that he did, the last one he did, where where he got essentially started getting the police attention on him, was he uh, he he was like he got a kid to come with him to his house that was down the street from this like uh, pharmacy that he was working at. And uh, his his family was in the pharmacy, was in the store. The kid's oh, really? fa- family was in the store waiting to take him home. But John Wayne Gacy gets him to come and says, oh, I have a car for you because he was trying to save enough money to buy a car. And it was his mom's birthday. And he was like, oh, you know, I'll just go really quick, get this car. And then yeah. and he died. And it's just like, could, I mean, I don't know if I could live knowing that and there's nothing that the family could have done i mean it's not like john wayne gacy was like okay i'm gonna go kill this young boy you know Mm -hmm. and they were like ah bye see you later you know so i just that that kind of stuff is just heartbreaking and to to be the friend i mean you know we joke around but to be the friend where you know your friend is like oh i'm worried and you know i'm still gonna do it but you know i'm just in case I'm going to bring scissors and then he ends up dead and you're just like, Oh, my brain would be like, what could I have done to, you know, stop this? Yeah. So, all right, here we go. Port told the police officers he was arriving home from his night shift at the bus depot when he found Walgate line in front of the door. He said he tried to wake him up by slapping him in the face, but when that didn't work, he called an ambulance and left him where he was. A week later, the police discovered that Walgate had worked as an escort. They also learned that Port had visited his profile and met up with him. The police arrested Stephen Port on June 26 on charges of obstruction of justice. At the police station, Port changed his tune. I want to say, we're, you know, when I was recording, I realized there's a part later. That I'm gonna, so you're going to hear this again, but I want to say it again, is it, it should have been earlier what I, what I said later is they arrest him obstruction of justice they they seize his computer but they don't ever look at the computer weird and they don't, there's, there's a bunch of stuff they just don't land up doing it's very it's really incompetent he confessed that he met yeah. walgate online and had hired him as an escort he said they met in the middle of the night at the local metro station 
Port also claimed that Walgate had brought the bottle himself and took the drugs. They then had sex twice. According to Port, Walgate was getting ready to go, but he suddenly got really sleepy. Wal- Why? Walgate decided to spend the night. While Walgate was sleeping, Port left for work. When he returned from work, Walgate was still asleep in the bed. So Port slipped into the bed with him. But Port freaked out when Walgate's body was rigid. Yeah, it was. Oh, wait, because he was dead. Port said That's he got That's probably what a police officer said. Yeah. Yeah, it was rigid. Yeah. Sure oh, was. Wait. He thought people might blame him for Walgate's death. Maybe because you murdered him. Port dragged Walgate's body outside the apartment building and called for an ambulance. Port was later released on bail. Port was never investigated for murder. Police did not search his computer, even though they seized it when they arrested him. Walgate's death was listed as an accidental overdose of GHB. Port wouldn't be formally charged until six months later. That gave him just enough time to kill two more victims. Yeah, Lori, you would think... Because, you know, I think a lot of the thinking, actually, what's funny here, I don't think that there's any evidence, and I think this came up at Port's trial, that especially on this first death, I don't think they ever thought Port was intentionally trying to kill people. You know, he would just give them too much GHB and they would die. Like, we have those other instances where he he date-raped them and they lived. Yeah. But um, I don't know that anyone thinks it, but I think it was, but once he killed that first person, I think, I think I think that comes up in the trial. With the first person, he learned that this could happen. So with the second, third, and fourth, they're like, well, then you knew, you know, so now yeah. it's murder. Well, also, it, it could just be like a thing with him where, like, uh, I think it was, a tr- uh, I forgot who, but there was a, a one gay serial killer who, like, he he would like tie the victims up, but then he would let them go, you know? And like you were saying with that one guy who's Muslim, like they don't want to say like, Oh, I had sex with a man, you know? So they would, they wouldn't say anything. But then one guy, uh, like surprised him and like came out from the kitchen and he grabbed a knife and started stabbing him and realized that, that, that this was a bigger turn on than having tying him up and and having sex with them. So then it like, that could be like where he realized like, Oh, like this is a bigger turn on for me than just raping that drugging him and raping him. It's, mm-hmm. you know, killing them is, is the big deal. So it, cause the, the, the you always have to heighten. Cause it's like, you have to think of it like an addiction or a drug. It's like the first time is always the best. And then you're just chasing that feeling for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, it's so funny you say that because I am, um, listening to a different true crime podcast and they talk about how that happened uh with one of the killers and that they're talking about here so yeah i think i think once you do it once you're like well i already bought my ticket to hell so let's just lean yeah and then it becomes like a rationalization like they're the college uh what ed kemper Mm -hmm. the college uh uh i think it's college dorm killer the college whatever he was called but he uh you know he would say like the way that he would get a he would convince himself that it was okay that he killed people is he would mm-hmm. pick a lot of times he would pick up women and he would just get, take them to where they needed to go. 
and he would just like so he would pick up hit women in college hitchhiking you know to mm-hmm. places from college and he would just take them where they need to go and so when he did decide he wanted to kill them he'd be like well look at all the other women that i let go sort of thing mm-hmm. so this proves that i am not a bad person mm-hmm. so um okay well um Lori, very good episode today. Let's call it a day there. Okay. Next time we come back, we're going to find out about the other murders, what happens to Stephen Port. Well, we know he's in prison. and uh, But how it all ends up, how it all wraps up. Um, and we'll see it then. But Lori, uh, I, how do I set it up again? Um, Whatever. I think I say it. Oh, okay. I'll murder you tonight. <laughs>